A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Osha Ginsberg. Thanks so much for being here. This is a weekly podcast focusing on men's health and the issues men face today. There are more than 5 million people in the Movember community worldwide, and each week we speak with someone from that community who's passionate about changing the face of men's health. To never miss an episode, find us in the podcast app of your choice, iTunes or SoundCloud. And of course, you can find us at MovemberRadio.com. We'd ask this week, if you could take a short moment to rate and comment on the show on iTunes, that helps us out a lot. My guests this week are Shay Emery and Devin Brooks, hailing out of Regina, Canada, nestled amongst the prairies of that great country. Shay is a professional football player who plays for the CFL team, the Rough Riders. He's a man's man. He's descended from lumberjacks. And Devon is a successful entrepreneur whose business, the Blow Dry Bar, operates in over 40 locations across four countries. A few years ago, Shay suffered a monstrous concussion, which put him out for the season, and the after effects of which brought out some depression stemming from possible childhood experiences. Not long afterwards, Shay and Devon met, and Shay was quite open about his situation. Devon returned in kind, being open about her post-traumatic stress disorder, and the two of them made a fantastic couple together. Together, they've co-founded two things. One of them is Wellmen, which we'll talk about in this show, but they're also co-founders and co-creators of their son, Rosen, who you can hear chime in through this interview from time to time. Enjoy the conversation. Where in the world do we find you two today? <laughs> Shay? Um, we are in Regina, so like almost, almost, Shay's going to correct me, almost in the middle of Canada in the Canadian prairies. So Shay um, plays for the CFL team here, the Rough Riders. All right. So for the for the folks who aren't from that part of the world, can you describe, I've, I've been to uh, Winnipeg or Winterpeg, as my friend calls it. Um, so it's pretty flat, pretty cold. Is that about it? It is it is cold for a lot, uh, the better part of the year, but uh, you know what we've come to realize, uh, you know, being from the Pacific Coast as we are, uh, that there's a lot of beauty out here in Saskatchewan, and a lot of it comes from the sky. 
And it's actually quite amazing that uh, how often there are storms and the sunsets here. And there's actually some great lake country here, which, uh, you know, from a, an outsider's perspective, isn't something that you see all the time. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty much in the middle of the country. It's cold. They have uh, very, very cold winters. But, uh, you know, the, the people here are amazing. And uh, But, you know, we do miss our, our native uh, British Columbia as much as possible. Well, I'm, but I'm, Shay said it. It's yeah. the people that make the place. So it is really, that's the thing that surprised me the most is just how kind people are truly kind here. Yeah, Canada is, uh, we're we're both countries that have the queen on our money. We tend to be... We tend to be kind of, kind of, kind of a little more friendly sometimes. Shay, as a you're a professional football player, as as your wife just mentioned, you obviously you've had a life of of not only being around lots of men, but also quite early having older men other than your dad as as role models within life within the sport. What did you learn as a young man from coming up in the football leagues about what it was to be a man? You know, it's so interesting that you bring that up because I always aspired to look up to the the older football players and I always wanted to be like them and whatever they were doing, that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, just not long ago, about four years ago, I realized that some of the people that I was looking up to, uh, weren't properly the best people to look up to. And, uh, you know, I was, I was turning a blind eye to some of the people that, uh, you know, were, you know, more, uh, better father figures and people that I should be emulating myself after. And, uh, you know, what I did learn is there's, uh, you know, there's some good people that you should emulate and there's some, some people that you shouldn't really follow. And, uh, you know, if it take, hopefully it doesn't take you too long to seed out the bad ones. Devin, what about you? How old were you? I mean, boys are weird at the best of times, but how old were you when you realized that men relate to the world and certainly each other and the, each other's health quite differently from women? <laughs> um, well, that's a very good question. I actually, I don't have a relationship with my biological dad. And, um, and so I would say that that was quite early for me. I remember um, being a young girl. My mom was an entrepreneur um, by necessity when I was young and she was single momming it. And, and my dad was around, but I definitely, I can, I can remember as early of an age as seven or eight, really just looking at him and thinking, hmm, you have a, a different set of filters or maybe just the filters aren't even on on, um, on around like emotional responsibility, I would say. So I think for me, that was a really extreme version of just realizing some of the differences, even with, um, with emotional responsibility, emotional, um, comfort and capability. And, and now as an adult, realizing that that had a lot to do with the masculinity framework. Yeah. We're, we're dumb as a box of hammers at the best of times. (laughs) Uh, and, and unfortunately, it usually takes quite a big event for us to have to get in touch with our feelings most most of the time. Uh, Shay, w- mm-hmm. was there that influential moment from your younger years when you saw, um, you know, a man being particularly manly that you thought, oh, oh, that's what it is? Like, did you see a bloke chopping wood or did you see – what did you see? You know um – a couple of years ago, during the same sort of time, uh, I realized uh, there were some people that I shouldn't be following. Uh, I had an experience, like you just mentioned, that uh, kind of kicked me into, into you know, betterment mode. And um, 
you know, I started to do some, some searching about who I am and where I come from and really uh, had the benefit of, you know, having a father that uh, put together all the family heirlooms and the family photo albums. And I saw my great grandfathers, uh, you know, chopping wood in the Pacific Northwest here. And, <laughs> you know, my whole family were kind of built from lumberjacks and people that worked in the pulp mill and ran the pulp mill and forest fires and all that kind of stuff. So um, I was very much connected to that uh you know, quote unquote, uh, stereotypical masculinity. But at the same time, um, you know, I was in a, I was in a, a phase in my life where I needed to question that and what it meant to me because of some of the stuff that I had gone through. Yeah. So what was, so how, how did that expectation, I guess, of like your dad going, this is what your grandfather did, son. And then you, <laughs> you turn up to high school and how different was it? I mean, I went to an all boys Catholic private school and, uh, it was very much like that. You know, I was trying to be the, the alpha male of the, the lot and, uh, succeeded in doing so. And, uh, you know, along the way, I kind of figured that, uh, you know, this is, this is the person I, I'm supposed to be. So I have to be happy like this and, uh, realize that after, you know, 15 to 20 years acting like that, it wasn't making me happy and I wasn't, uh, thriving in that role in, uh, the framework of my masculinity and and really you know um everyone sort of got sold it and bought into it and uh and uh, it was it was difficult for me to keep buying in uh when i re- started to realize who i was as a man what was the uh what, what were the final moments of of that before the realization came like when did you realize that, that sort of thing wasn't really doing what it said on the box when I started to have to cry myself to sleep and realize that, uh, you know, I was very depressed because I was trying to be someone that I didn't think I actually was inside and I wasn't allowing myself to feel the emotions that I was actually feeling. And, um, you know, I feel like that was, uh, there was a couple of moments in my life where it, uh, it reared its ugly head and I kind of pushed it back down inside. And then, uh, luckily I was able to, uh, express it and get it out at some points in time. And that was, uh, you know, a really defining moment in my life. Devin, did you know Shay at that point or did you know of Shay at that point? Um, I- I did not. We actually met at a really special, obviously we've done a lot of talking about this in our relationship, but I really think a special moment in both of our lives. And Shay, it was the season before that Shay had had um, quite a quite a monstrous concussion that put him out for part of the season. And that's what brought up a lot of the depressive um, patterns that like he had said, maybe we're stemming from something earlier on and some traumatic childhood experiences. And it was a really special uh, point in his life. And I think that where he was at was one of the reasons that I fell in love with him. He was just this no holds bar kind of love and kind of man. And he was so open to um, really learning the deepest parts of me. And so really right from the jump, it was a relationship between both of us that was built on a culture of expression and really good question asking. It is a bit, oh, we'll get to the question asking part because that's, that's quite important. It's a bit tricky though when you're starting a new relationship, Shay, to kind of walk in and kind of put your actual baggage down but then put everything else down. It's like, hi, by the way, this is me. This is what my brain does. Um, how do you even have that conversation when you're starting a relationship? Well, uh, Devin, she emulated it right off the bat and uh, like Devin mentioned, I was 
at this point in my life where I really had just gone through this really bad concussion and started to learn so much about myself because I didn't know if I could play football again. And, uh, you know, I highly identified as a football player, so I needed to figure out who I was. And that comes back to the masculinity piece where I was really trying to figure out who I was. Am I the alpha male that I think I am? Who am I off of the field? And, um, you know, I really just moved through that experience and met Devin and was willing to to learn and express and really just dig as deep as I could to figure out who I was. And I knew that for me to do that, I was going to have to put I was going to have to take some risks. And by doing that, I was going to have to put my heart on my sleeve and and wear it as big as and boldly as possible. And, uh, you know, Devin really inspired me to do that and, and uh, made it really easy for me as well. It sounds like, you know, up until that point, would I be right in assuming that you felt it might have been unsafe to be that emotionally expressive? 100%. You know, I have uh, I had a, a numerous experiences as a, as a child, as Devin mentioned, uh, going through some traumatic events uh, that really made me scared of the world and, uh, you know, and, um, you know, had my fight or flight signals on high alert 24-7, 365. And uh, so when I when I got into relationships, I was really trying to protect myself and put my, my guards up and my barriers up. And, uh, you know, when I got to the point where I met Dev, I, I was like, there's no way for me to live an enriched life and to thrive if I'm going to put these barriers up because she's obviously not putting her barriers up. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was quite a special moment for me to realize that this is the woman I want to bear my soul to and tell her all my, um, my secrets that, uh, you know, I might've been ashamed to tell anyone else. Devin, what would you say to women who are listening that are perhaps new into a relationship with a guy who has been open and disclosed said, look, hi, by the way, I've got a, a slightly different brain. This is how it thinks about, you know, trigger points or fear situations. How, what would you say to women who are starting a relationship like that? Absolutely. Fantastic question. Um, I hope, the, the best advice that I could give um, would be would be to when we ask the questions as women because we do I'm sure both of you would agree that we we do ask the questions as women but we don't always give our male counterparts um, our loves the time that is required especially in when you don't already have in your relationship that culture of total vulnerability and total authenticity. So I would say, you know, when you do, when you do buck up and you ask the questions, give your guy time to respond. And at first that might be saying, you know what, you go ahead and sit with that. You don't need to answer me right now. Cause I think a lot of things that we do in relationships when we're having emotionally heavy conversation is we get into this, um, this kind of energetical play field where it's like, well, I asked you a question, so don't you have an answer for me? But sometimes it's just too much and we're just not ready. So give your guy the time. And we in the past have set like windows of time, you know, once we had a very difficult conversation and, and, um, I just said to Shay, you know, babe, I love you so much. And, um, I, I need, I need a day to sit on this before we come back together and, and we have a respectful and, and loving conversation. And that's always the goal. So I would say focus focus on what your intent is. And if your intent is to forward your 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 relationship, to really, really have that connection and instill that culture of raw 
authentic honesty, um, then, then be patient and don't expect the person that you're talking to, to always have the answer right then and, and be receptive to whatever that would be. And what about, what about you, Shay, when you're getting asked those questions in, in a relationship, there's, a lot, a lot of guys, our general tendency is to either shut down or suddenly have, I've got some really important work to do on my motorbike out in the garage. Sorry, honey, can't talk. <laughs> um, what, what would you say to guys about having those conversations with the, their partners? Take a deep breath. You know, I, in the past, I definitely did both of the previously mentioned um, <laughs> preoccupa- preoccupations. Um, I would definitely shut down and... Uh, or just leave the conversation or what have you. And, uh, you know, for me now, when we're having a difficult conversation, um, you know, I'm not perfect. I don't know all the answers. And I, I obviously, uh, still have some things to work on as, as everyone does. You can always get better. But, uh, for me, it's, it's just taking a deep breath and, and taking the time to think through my answer. And sometimes I might, uh, I might, uh, lash out or say something too quickly and, and obviously not taking into account, uh, my partner's feelings. But, uh, when I do, uh, have the time to think and take a deep breath, I can have, you know, clearer thoughts and, and have the ability to not, you know, ruffle feathers and, and really to, uh, cultivate a, the, uh, an answer and a, and a, and a conversation that is, you know, energetically even healed. And so I guess that's, that would my, that would be my, I guess my advice. It sounds so simple, but it's so hard. Sometimes. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, Asha, like really and truly Shay and I, so many times we, we do, we both know the intent is there. So in our relationship, because we really work hard to establish that culture, we never have to wonder, you know, is Shay trying to hurt my feelings? Is Devin trying to hurt my feelings? We really, we have proven to each other that he or I could say just about anything and express just about any need, no matter how embarrassing, provocative, um, emotional, sexual, whatever it is. And we're not going to judge each other. It doesn't mean that we won't have a giggle in a really loving and compassionate way, but we're not going to judge each other and we're going to accept each other's feelings and we won't attack each other for feeling a feeling. You're both in the, in the press and the research I've done for this conversation, you've both been quite open about your mental Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Health situation. Shay, you've openly talked about dealing with depression. Devin, you've been open in discussing your PTSD. That could be that could be quite a cocktail for turmoil, not having not one but two people in a relationship dealing with something. How do you insulate your relationship against when one of you is having a tricky day? It's astounding how many people have experiences like we do, men. And the thing that Shay and I have both learned from being so vocal as we are about our experiences with mental health challenges is how many people are in loving relationships who go home and who haven't, who haven't said how they felt, who haven't said what's going on, who, whose, whose partner, wife, or husband doesn't know what they're struggling with. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why we continue to be so open and authentic is because we remain perpetually inspired by, um, by the amount of people out there who are just craving vulnerability in such a massive way. Both of you are enormously successful. Shay, not only are you a very successful football player, Devin, you're an incredibly successful entrepreneur. The blow-dry bar company that you started with your mom is four countries, 40-something franchises. A lot of guys would be pretty intimidated by that. What do men need to know <laughs> about what it is to have a wife or a partner who's very, very successful at what she does? You know, I, when I met Devin, I, um, I started asking questions to other men that had you know, successful wives. I was like, how are you going to, I'm so intimidated. Like, what do I do? Like everything she does, she touches, turns into gold or platinum. And, uh, you know, it's just, no, it's just, seriously, uh, when I met Devin, um, I was extremely intimidated by her, her business experience and, you know, just how well articulated she is about every aspect of her life. And, you know, selfishly, I was like, you know, this lady, she's going to make me better. You know, there's nothing about this girl that's going to, you know, start to, you know, enable me to, to do the wrong things in life. And uh, when I, when I started to really, we just had this, this uh, conversation a couple of days ago about how I really looked up to her as a, as a person in society and how I didn't feel like I had that much to add to our conversations, but I just felt like, she made me so much better. And then Devin expressed to me, or I started to realize that I could really inspire her to break through and to, you know, reach new heights. And, you know, symbiotically, we really feed off of each other and, uh, and, um, you know, really realizing that Devin is a human being, not just the most powerful woman in Canada from my perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Right answer. I love him so much. <laughs> Brownie points, brother. Oh, dude, I, I am well aware of the point system. <laughs> both, both of you, uh, the point system is international, by the way. I think uh, at the moment, a surfing trip to Bali, I think that costs uh, back bedroom renovation and possibly a new kitchen. <laughs> um, yeah. both we of need you... to soundproof the walls from baby screams. That's what we need to do. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, the two of you are, are co-founders of WellMen. What need is WellMen attending to in your community? Well, in every community, there's a, an underserved demographic, and that demographic is the demographic that Movember uh, aims at affecting, and it has been affecting because they affected me. Um, it's the uh, it's the demographic of men that really have been so hesitant to become vulnerable and hesitant to reach out for um, you know any sort of mental health services or just health services in general, and the reason why. Uh, we brought this to the to the forefront is really because um, this is what helped me and you know going outside and having a visceral experience in nature and you know going to yoga and meditating and doing everything that helps me on a daily basis become mentally healthy is something we wanted to bring to other men because as Devin mentioned those conversations that uh, Devin and I have that vulnerability that I that I embody um, is not something that every man uh, has the ability to do so. And we want to provide an opportunity uh, as a platform for men to have those conversations that they can take into their their environments. And, you know, I think Devin can, you know, lend to that conversation as well. Yeah, Devin, why, sure is, why is Well Men important to you, Devin? Absolutely. You know, I... Um it is so, so important to me. This is definitely a, a family, a family mission and a family enterprise. And, you know, it's, it's Shay's, um, creative genius, but I am, I'm definitely a part of it in that I've watched, I've watched and I'm so inspired by the, the, dire need almost of Shays to con- consistently evolve and to push himself to be a better man. And I remember a poignant moment um, before having our, our 10-month-old son, Rosen, I'll give him a, 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 a bo- drop him on the podcast here. <laughs> he, he and I had a miscarriage and we really wanted to have a baby. And that was devastating for, for us, for me physically, it went on for a while. And I remember this moment when I talked him into, um, mid season, I'm totally going to rat him out here going downhill mountain biking, full body armor, (laughs) which, which is not what you should be doing when you're in competitive, um, elite sport and you need to protect your limbs, but we did it. And, it was so highly meditative for us, but especially for Shay. I just saw, I just saw the way that in nature he did come alive, and that adventure has such an underlying um, pulse of of calm and and this total um, meditative kind of transcendent ability. So. Wellman is wildly important to me and, um, you know, Shay's core purpose, which is, is really activating, um, you know, physical, emotional, um, transformation in men's lives and really challenging the constraints of masculinity under this, this kind of guise of adventure. Because what we realized is that when you take people outside and you get them into the woods and we're all active people, so we can relate to this. And, you know, we, Shay and I always say, you know, stoking your soul over the fire and those good conversations and those good questions. We just know how you come alive and that it's all about an adventure within. Shay, where are we 
as far as manliness goes in the modern world? Are, are we evolving from your, your grandfather and his, and his lumberjacking ways or have we stag- stagnated? Um, we've definitely begun to evolve and I strongly agree with with what has been happening across the world with, you know, masculinity movements and really questioning that man up culture and that machismo culture that we all, like I said earlier, got sold as kids and realizing that that silence, that stoicism that we all were supposed to embody as young men becoming men uh, really becomes toxic and it became toxic for me, and I, that's why I'm, I'm, I, have can say, I can say that with so much conviction. Is it really that negative thought process, oh, I can't do that because it's not manly. I can't do that because I don't want to perceive to be you know, this or that or a wuss. So I just started to realize that that experience is, is something that uh, you know, really needs to develop into a, a more compassionate and and ability or and ha- and gain the ability to ha- be vulnerable and uh you know that's what i think is happening I, and i i i thought that you know it's we're so stuck in our ways but i was conversing with some younger gentlemen and they were saying no like you know in the high schools and the elementary schools kids are they're able to cry. They're able to feel their feelings and stuff. And I just thought that was such an interesting uh, perspective that I didn't know because I was, you know, 10 years older than this man. This man. And, uh, you know, I feel that uh, there is a shift going on, but it, it's going to take a couple of couple of years for it to really follow through. As we mentioned earlier in the show, both of you have been quite open about the particular uh, eccentricities of your brain as far as your mental illness goes. Why is destigmatizing mental illness important to both of you guys? I think it's, I mean, I know it's important to me because of the fact that the silence that I had, that I bought into, like I said earlier, with regards to the masculinity really made it more difficult on me. And it just made me stew in my own thoughts and really brought me into this downward spiral of depression and the stigmatization of mental illness really doesn't enable uh, people who are suffering the opportunity to feel like they have a community that supports them. And that's why, uh, you know, that's why we've started Wellman. We want to begin, we want to start a community that can support one another, but also it's really why we agree with what uh, Movember has done is really associating itself with the mental health side is because that destigmatization is so important for people to feel comfortable reaching out for support, even when they're only reaching out to their closest, closest friends. Because even that can be a frightening, daunting experience if you're talking about something you feel that might uh, might make them pass judgment on you or what have you. And so that's why it's super important for me. What about you, Devin? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll speak to something Shay just said. And why it's so important to me is is because... I have also seen firsthand in Shay's community and in my community, in our lives, in our families and within our friends, since we started to be so vocal about our experiences with mental health, you know, people who have, who have been suffering in silence have both shared, and Shay and I feel like this is a great honor, shared things with us that they have not 
told a soul that they may never. And for that moment in time, we know how that feels. It feels like you're understood. And I believe in my heart of hearts that the same way that we have a, you know, a basic human need like um, to eat because we're hungry or to drink because we're thirsty, one of our fundamental and basic human needs is to feel understood. That is what community is all about. And when you're suffering with depression or when you have post-traumatic stress disorder, regardless of what caused it, you don't feel connected. And if you're not sharing it, and if nobody can accept you for exactly where you're at in that moment and, and have the opportunity to see you as you are and flaws and all, um, is you don't feel understood. And no matter where you go or what you do, that's always going to eat at your heart. And so I just know what an absolute emotional orgasm it is <laughs> to just say how you feel. And if that's not going to inspire people to say how they feel, I don't know what will, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so the, An emotional Yeah, it's it. been great to talk with both of you. It's a, it's, a, it's a real treat to hear both sides of the situation, and I'm very grateful that you've opened up your homes to us so we can have this conversation today. So we always end these chats with the uh, same three questions. What does Movember mean to you guys? Movember is everything to me because it really ignited this fire in me to give back and how I was able to do that was to share my story and that's what Movember did for me and that's what Movember has continued to do for me since that day and you know it's really allowed me to have conversations or enabled me to have conversations with my family that I haven't been able to have and and everything that sprouted from that one decision to activate as a Movember ambassador has completely changed the trajectory of my life and um, inspired me to start Wellman and what that looks like in the future. And, and my mission and purpose off of the field is everything to do with inspiring men to, to live enriched lives. What do you both find is the most valuable quality in your friends? <laughs> I would say integrity. And to me, integrity means that your actions and values are aligned. And I know that because one of my boiling points is when I feel like somebody hasn't had integrity. So absolutely, one of the things I value most is integrity. How about you, Shay? Uh, I would say loyalty and laughter. And, you know, laughter because I like to have a good time and loyalty because of, you know, my history and really trying, wanting to feel a sense of belonging and, uh, and respect. And, um, you know, so I, I definitely agree with Devin that integrity piece comes into play for sure. All right. I'll go with Devin first for the last one. If you could call up 18 year old Devin, what would you tell her? <laughs> um, I, you know, Shay talked earlier about supporting me and breaking through and, um, I would tell Devin, I would tell her, you are going to have to keep breaking through. And every time you think you've broken through, you are going to have to break through again. And that's even showing up at my life in this present moment. So definitely, I would, I would say, Devin, you're going to have to break through over and over and over again. And what about you, Shay? <sighs> what would I tell my 18-year-old self? Hmm. 
That's a tough one. You're going to meet this girl in Mexico. She's a total <laughs> stunner. Right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just glad I didn't blurt out what I wanted to say there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, I, uh, I took a took a scholarship, went down to the States and, uh, and, you know, did what I thought everyone wanted me to do and, uh, realized that, uh, it didn't make me very happy. And, um, one of the things that I really try and live by is a conversation I had with a friend of ours. Um, and he told me to do these three things and, uh, you'll be all right. And it was, uh, be real take risks and tell your story. And ever since that moment, I've been doing that and my life has completely changed. And, uh, it's been a hell of a time because taking risks when you're doing a backflip into the Pacific ocean in Hawaii off of a massive pier is pretty fun. <laughs> I couldn't be more grateful to the two of you for taking time out of your night to do this. Thank you so, so much for spending this uh, half hour with us. Thank you oh, very much for having pleasure. us. We appreciate it. That was Devin Brooks and Shay Emery. Find them both on Twitter. Let them know that you heard them here on Movember Radio. If you like the show, please send them a tweet. Let them know. You can always find us in iTunes, the podcast app of your choice, or around SoundCloud. You'll also find us on Facebook by searching for Movember for other episodes. Check out MovemberRadio.com. I'm very grateful I got to share this conversation with you, though it should never replace a conversation with your own doctor. This episode of Movember Radio was produced by myself, Osha Ginsberg, along with Molly Hindman and Katrina Zagala. Music was by Toe Hider. Audio production on this episode was by Daryl Misson. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. 